Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. You know, when I was in high school, I played football. And on defense, I was a linebacker. On offense, I was a guard. I was a right guard. And uh, we had a long day of practice, and it's the end of practice, and we're practicing this play where I have to pull, so I'm the right side. I have to pull over here, and my, my big job is to hit the defensive end, and I just have to hit him so the running back can have a hole, and I'm just going halfway. I mean, I'm not really trying at all. Thankfully, the guy playing defensive end was going halfway, and we were just kind of going through the motions. We're tired, and the coaches begin to banter and call us girls and sissies, and they're just all over us, and I do it a second time, and I, I just go halfway again. And finally, they just got us, they just start trashing us so bad that they upset us. And so we both decided we're going to give 100%. And they said, you don't get to go in. Nobody goes in unless these guys give 100% on this. So I decided well, I'm going to do it. And I pull out, and I go at him 100%. He comes at me 100%, and we hit helmet to helmet. Not a good thing. And uh, a big collision. He fell backwards, and, and he passed out. Now, I didn't pass out, but I was hurt just as bad. Here's why I didn't pass out. My parents are from southern Italy, and uh, we're from this region called Calabria, and the Italians have a derogatory saying for it, every region, and the region I'm from, they call us hardheads, and, uh, and, and uh, we know what that's supposed to mean, but I think there's also a harder head, and, uh, and, and so uh, we hit, we hit, but I had a major concussion, and I'm standing there seeing stars, but that's not all. I didn't know I did this. I found out from all, you know how high school friends are, they'll let you know, and uh, I just began to babble, and my friends told me later, it was so awesome, you were saying all these crazy things, and I go, I didn't say anything, oh, you, you don't have any idea what you said, and, and they teased me for weeks, and you know what, I want to welcome you to this incredible series called Test, Surviving Life's Toughest Moments, and we're going to talk about babbling uh, when, when we get hit with a heavy test, and how that's not the best thing to do, and we're going to talk about the thing that we can do. And, but sometimes tests hit you so hard, they could be physical, they can be relational, they can be financial, but they hit you so hard that uh, they stun you. And we'll talk about that, and we'll talk about what we can do to navigate our way out of those types of tests. If you weren't with us last week, we opened this series up, and we're coming out of the book of James, and James talks about what to do when you're in uh, just extreme tests. And what's cool about the book of James is, uh, as, as I looked at it, I, I studied the history, those Christians there, these were Jewish Christians, um, the, the authorities literally took their homes away from them. They, they threw them out on the streets. They went to their employers and said, fire all the Christian Jews. So they lost their jobs. So now they can't even rent a place. They have no income. And they took the leaders of the church and they threw them either in jail or they, they put them to death. And so we have people without homes, people without jobs, and some of them lost their closest family members, and it's an awful time, and James writes this book to help them deal with tests of life, and I got to thinking about the military, and if you were here last week, I showed you a video, I'm not going to re-show that today, but the military has what they call SEER training, and this is the patch from the army, and this acrostic stands for survival, evasion, resistance, and escape, and if you're in the military and uh, there's a chance of you going behind enemy lines, being captured, uh, going into really difficult situations, they literally train you so you can survive, and I got to thinking, God, why don't you train us, or did you train us, and that's when I saw it in the book of James, and I came up with an acrostic to help you and I remember it, and it's the acrostic 
undo, which stands for understand, and that was last week's lesson, and uh, it's all about if you and I don't understand why we have tests, where they come from, who they come from, uh, we're never going to be able to overcome the test, and I, I wanted you to walk out last week remembering test exists to make us better, not bitter, and if you weren't with us, great message. Today's navigate, next week is detach, and you're going to find out next week if you don't detach, you're toast, and so we have to detach, and then uh, the following week, lesson four is oppose, and that's the lesson, if you were with us last week, I just told you, it changed my life. I'll never be the same person. And it wasn't like there was a scripture I saw that I never saw. I taught some of these scriptures. It's just perspective. So you'll want to be there for that lesson. But today's all about navigate. We're going to talk about how God wants to navigate us through the test and help us come out on the other side better, stronger, complete in every single way. And here's what I want you to walk out remembering today. When life blurs your vision, God's waiting to give you strategic wisdom. And uh, sometimes a test will blur your vision. You'll, you'll have that, that, that concussion type thing that I had. And, uh, and, and you're blurred and you begin to babble. So we'll talk about the strategic wisdom in a moment. Uh, but we want to talk about life blurring our vision. And for those of you that have uh, had the opportunity to see the movie Fight Club, do you remember the first rule of Fight Club? Uh, first rule of Fight Club is don't talk about Fight Club. How many remember the second rule of Fight Club? Don't talk about Fight Club. How many remember the third rule of Fight Club? Don't talk about Fight Club. Guess what the first rule of Navigate is? Don't talk about your test. And uh, it's very important because sometimes we just babble, babble, babble and talk about our test, and that's not a healthy thing. Now, make sure, I want to make sure I, I, I qualify that for you because this is really important. Uh, it's okay to talk to a mentor. It's okay to talk to a counselor. Say, hey, I need some help. Here's what happened. Uh, it's okay to pray to God and, and ask God for help. Uh, if you lost a loved one, it's okay to remember their memory. Boy, you want to talk about their memory and remember it and laugh about some of the funny things they did. That's all fine. But what you're going to discover is the worst thing you can do is keep talking about the test and the event and all the negative things and that's a tendency that we all have that's that's something that i struggled with over and over all my christian walk is wanting to talk about the test and it was like my concussion i just want to babble and babble and tell people it's typically my poor wife and just keep saying can you believe they did this to me can you believe this happened where was god why was not this why not that and i just keep talking about the event and here's what I learned. You know how the children of Israel were in the wilderness for 40 years? They could have got out real quick, but I've noticed that I stay in that test because the more you talk about it, the bigger it grows inside of you, and God's just not able to move you where he wants to move you to keep talking about it. So here, here's the book of James. Chapter one's all about, hey, uh, counting an opportunity for joy uh, when you fall into different tests. That's what he's telling these people with these terrible tests. He says, because it will build your endurance. And then he goes on and says, when your endurance is built, you'll be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. Talking about internal spiritual growth. And it's really incredible. And then in the same chapter, listen to what he says in James chapter one, verse 19. He said, remember this, my dear friends, everyone must be quick to listen but slow to speak and slow to become angry. You can't hear God's strategic wisdom if you're babbling. You just won't, you just won't hear it. It's impossible to hear. And I like the way the Message Bible says it. It says it this way. It says, 
Post this at all the intersections, dear friends. Intersections is referring to the big events in your life. Some are positive, some are negative, but he's referring here to negative. And he says this, lead with your ears, follow up with your tongue, and let anger straggle along in the rear. Because can we all agree sometimes when there's conflict, um, we get angry, and, and that anger begins to build in us for whatever's going on in our life. And again, notice what he says, lead with your ears. God's wanting to tell you something. God's wanting to show you a scripture. He's wanting to open a scripture up to you. Uh, he's wanting to speak to your heart. But if we keep talking, we just keep going at it, and we keep talking about the test, breaking that first rule, we'll never hear what God wants to say. Now, when our kids were growing up, we had great kids, and Joe Jr. was a great kid when he was in school. Um, you know, he'd, he'd break rules like not clean his room, you know, and things like that. And whenever Gina would confront him because he didn't clean his room, uh, Joe, Joe just didn't say okay. He had to argue back, and he would just come back and argue. First, he'd begin to argue, that's a, that's a terrible rule anyway. I don't think I should have that rule. And he'd be arguing, and then I'd watch. Gina's just trying to get the point across to him. Hey, we need to punish you. But he, he wouldn't even let her get the first point across, and he'd go and go and go, and I see she's going to have to punish him more. So I would sneak behind her. He wouldn't see, she wouldn't see me, and I'm behind her, and I'd go. <laughs> and I'm, Joe would look at me. You know, he'd look at me and go, shut up, Joe. And you know he wouldn't shut up. He'd, he'd keep going. So then, listen, here's what would happen. He'd get into more trouble than the original trouble because he just wouldn't stop talking. And you know what? I think that happens when we go through tests. Uh, we go through this test, it already put us in enough trouble, and now we keep talking about it and talking about it, and it ends up pulling us into longer testing, and it ends up bringing us sometimes into greater trouble, and it's all because of us talking about the test. Listen to what the book of Proverbs says, Proverbs 10, 19. It reads like this, the more you talk, the more likely you are to sin. If you are wise, you will keep quiet. And I think when it comes to a time in testing, can we all agree that's, that's really true? God's not telling you to be an introvert and be boring and never have fun, but he is trying to tell you sometimes you need to zip your lip. And you know what? James talked about that. In, in the third chapter of James, he starts talking about the tongue, and he says the tongue's a little guy, but it can put a whole forest on fire. He says it's a little guy, but it can change the course of nature. And he's talking, he says, it's one of our little members, but he says, oh, the things that it can do. And I just want to show you what he says. Listen to verse 2, James 3. It reads like this. When we get it wrong nearly every, or every time we open our mouths, if you could find someone whose speech was perfectly true, you'd have a perfect person in perfect control of life. And none of us are perfect. We keep trying to control where, direction we're going with our mouth. But listen to the very next verse. He says, a bit in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. And in this text, he uses two images. That's how important it is. God wants us to get it so badly that he uses two images. And he's trying to show us, hey, you have this big horse, but you can just, if you can control its mouth, you can control where it goes. And take a look at this picture. This is a little boy on a 900-plus pound horse he has the two reins in his hands, and can you all agree this boy is not stronger than the horse?
But because those bits are in the mouth, he goes this way, the horse goes this way, he goes that way, the horse goes that way. And what's God trying to say to us, guys? He's trying to say, you can control the course of your life by what you say. And in this text, it's referring to not speaking negative. We can also speak positive. That's another lesson. This is all about you, your tongue will take you in directions you don't want to go if you don't get some bits in your mouth. Well, listen to the next verse. It, it's, it's, it's the other picture. He says, A small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. Can you all agree? Strongest winds is a type of test. You know, when tests comes, they're like strong winds. And he says, A ship... It can be the strongest winds, but that little rudder that's com being compared to your tongue, it just controls the direction that that ship's going to go. So take a look at this picture. It's a fascinating picture. This is a modern-day cruise ship. I love it. Do you know that this cruise ship is 236 feet above the water? It's 22 stories above the water. It's three football fields long. Can you imagine three football fields? That's 300 yards, 900 feet long, and it weighs over 200,000 tons. That's absolutely crazy, but get a hold of this. The rudders on this ship, they have three of them. They're only 20 feet high, and three 20-foot high rudders, really tiny compared to this massive thing. Do you know that they steer this ship whatever direction they want the ship to go? And what's God trying to say to us? He's given you something called your mouth. He's given you something called the tongue, and he's telling you if you can control what you say during test, you can, you can absolutely control whether you get out of the test or you stay in the test. And it's all about rule number one of navigation. Don't talk about the test. And if our tongue is talking about the test, we just keep doing circles in the wilderness. And sometimes we'll stay there for a long time. I've stayed in tests so much longer than God wanted me to stay there because I couldn't stop babbling about the test. And it's messages like this that help you see it. And you say, oh, that's what I need to do. Listen to how this finishes out. James 3, 5, it reads like this. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. And he's just letting us know how powerful the words are that come out of our mouth. And I think every one of us in this room can agree. When certain tests hit us, it's hard not to talk about the event. And so we'll need to go to a counselor. We need someone to help us walk through it. And there's healing time that takes for all of us. But the biggest mistake you can make is to talk about the test over and over and over again. Remember, when life blurs your vision, God's waiting to give you strategic wisdom. And what God wants you to do is he wants you to ask him for direction. That's, that's the heart of God. And he really wants to give it to you. And I got to thinking about the military in this case. You know, military that has the chance of going behind enemy lines, uh, uh, going, going into battle with bullets flying over their head, they give them satellite phones or sat phones. And, and that, that satellite phone doesn't need a cell tower. It just goes right up to the satellite. And sometimes terrain will, will, will block it, so they just go up to a high place. That's what detaching is, just getting to a high place. And we'll talk about that next week. And, and so that sat phone can, can communicate with the satellite God's wanting to give us the wisdom. He's, he's up in heaven. He sees all the satellite images. He sees all the maps of your life. And he wants to give you a word in your heart or show you scripture. And he wants to help you get to where you want to get. So right in James, right after verse, verses 2, hey, consider it a chance 
for great joy and uh, it builds your endurance and you'll come out perfect and complete. Do you know the very next verse, verse 5? It reads like this. It says, if you want to know what God wants you to do, ask him and he will gladly tell you for he is always ready to give a bountifully, bountiful supply of wisdom to all who ask him. And here's a very important part. He will not resent it. Now, this can be used at any stage in your life. You know, you want to start a business, God, give me wisdom. You, you have an opportunity to take a job. You're not sure if you should, God, give me wisdom. This will work in every area. But this is right in the midst of people going through terrible times. And he's saying, listen, when you're going through terrible times, when life blurs your vision, God's waiting to give you strategic wisdom. He wants to give you a path to take. And I think this is a really important part, uh, point to make. God always gives you direction when you ask. He's, he's not, not going to answer you. And I love what Proverbs says. Listen to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It reads like this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do. And, and you see what I highlighted. And he will show you which path to take. He's waiting, just like they were in the war room. He's waiting to show you, here's the direction you need to go. And oftentimes, our ears are closed because we're babbling about the test. And he's saying, let's stop the babbling. Let's lead with the ears. Let's ask God. And God's saying, I want to give you exactly what you need to know. And here's what happened to me. And it's happened to me many times in my life. And I'm sure it's happened to many of you or most of you in this room. Sometimes when we go through tests, we wonder if God even cares. Uh, we wonder, can God ever even rectify this thing? Can God fix it? Is there a future for me? And I love this scripture. This is a great scripture. It talks about God always leads us to a better place. And it reads like this, Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. And this is a scripture that I preached, I knew, but God opened my eyes up to it one day. And isn't that just what God does? Some, one day he just makes it real to you. And I had this really, probably the, still to this day, it's the craziest, hardest test I ever went to, through seven years ago. And it hit me so hard that it was like that concussion. I was just seeing stars and I was dazed and boy, was I babbling. And I was babbling to Gina. I wasn't, you know, babbling to anyone else, but just kept complaining about the event and I can't believe this happened and this and that. And I came to a place and it happens sometimes with a, with a tough test, a big test. I came to the place where I lost all hope. Let's put that scripture back up there. I came to a place where I lost all hope. And here I am, God's ha wanting to give me hope. God wants to give me a future. And I just absolutely had no hope. So I was in this place, and I'd never been there in my life before. I've always been a visionary, and I've always had really big vision for the future. And I've always drove my staff crazy because my vision... I'd, I'd, always, I'd always do things that cost lots of money. You know, this is going to cost money going here, doing this as a church. And I'd have my staff running like crazy. And now all of a sudden I'm hit. And I would look at Gina, and here's what I would tell her. I'd say, honey, I have no vision left. I have nothing left. And I'd say, you know what? I think my run as pastor is over. This all happened seven years ago. I said, I think my run as pastor is it's over, honey. And uh, I said, I think I did a good job. We, we, we had some fun, some good memories. But 
I have nothing for the future. And I'd get into meetings, and my son Joseph is just brimming and overflowing with vision, and he'd begin to share vision in the meetings, and I was literally, I'd literally begin to shake. I hide it, but I was like, I don't, I, I can't do that. I don't want to do anything else. And I was kind of like Clouseau, you know, in Pink Panther. I was kind of like his captain. My, my, my eye began to twitch, you know, and I was like, eh, eh. And, and I'd walk out of those meetings, and I'd tell Gina, I can't even think about launching a campus. I can't even think about doing this or doing that. And all of that was because of what we see up here. I didn't realize that no matter what we go through, sometimes I didn't make a mistake. So I, it's not like I did something wrong to make that happen. Um, not that I was perfect, but it wasn't like I did something terrible. I just hit a big test in my life. Uh, sometimes we have tests where we're the reason we have it. And, and, and when that happens, we really deal with this. It's like, well, God doesn't, I mean, God has to still be mad at me. And God's saying, I planned something good for you. I want to give you a future, and I want to give you hope. And that's the heart of God. And when I saw that, it flooded back into me. And it's amazing. Once I saw it and I said, oh, God wants to give me hope, vision just began to flood me. And now I sit in meetings, and I'm not going like that anymore. And I'm excited about the future but it had to be me seeing that God's plans are good and God has a future. And I want to go down that road. I share my personal things to help you guys. And I want to go down that road as I close this service out. And I want to speak to some of you that have lost hope for whatever reason, for your life, for your relationships, whatever it might be. And I want to say to you that God's the God that gives hope. And he's waiting to give you strategic wisdom. And he's waiting to flood you with hope and he wants you to hear from me and he wants to speak it to you by the holy spirit in your heart you have a future and that's really really important for us to see and for us to understand i'm so glad i didn't back off back then i told gina i'm going to just quit and go work with one of my friends i'll be their associate they can have all the headaches and i'll just be an associate and then i told her i, I wanted and then i thought about being a hospital chaplain i said i'll just be a chaplain in a hospital and and there's no pressure there and i thought of all these things to escape and then all of a sudden one day god said i'm, I'm not done with you joe come on buddy I want you to keep doing what you're doing. You didn't learn all this to quit, man. You're going to keep doing what you're doing. And God's saying to you, he didn't teach you all this, and he didn't bring you this far to have you quit in your life. Take all of that as experience, and baby, let's go on, and let's do some great things to, for God. Let's do some great things with our life. Can I have an amen to that? Can we just say thank you, God, that we have a future? I think that's important, man, for all of us. And if you're sitting here and you've never had a major test, you're, you're going to be looking for, where, where's that DVD uh, uh, somewhere in the future? Because we all get hit with tests. Hey, let's close our eyes. Let's, let's bow our heads. Let's pray. Lord, we love you so much. You're so good. I thank you for every person in this room. And Lord, if there's anyone in this room that came in here without hope, without hope for a future, Lord, whoever they are, and some maybe it's not even a test. Maybe they just have never felt you had something for them. Lord, you're the God that gives us good plans, and you're the God that has a future plan for us, Lord God, and we thank you for that. And Lord, I just pray right now, anybody in here that has that problem, that situation, I spoke the words as best that I could, Lord, by the Holy Spirit, infuse them with hope right now, Lord God. And all of us thank you that you're the God that gives us hope. Thank you, Lord God. 
that has good plans for each and every one of our lives. And Lord, we're not afraid to touch base with headquarters because headquarters wants to flood us with good things, good plans. And Lord, I know I have done this over and over. I've babbled about the test. And there, maybe there's a few here that have followed down my path. And Lord, uh, all of us just say, forgive us for that. And Lord, from this moment on, uh, we're going to ask you to give us a path to get us out of the situations we're in. Lord, we thank you that none of us are hopeless and none of us are down here alone. We have you looking at the big satellite in the sky for our life and being able to say, go to this point and go to that point. Thank you for that, Lord God. Guys, let's stay in an attitude of prayer. I want to I give one more invitation, and that invitation is just simply, if you're here and you're not sure of your eternity, you're not sure if you were to die, if you go to heaven or hell, and maybe you walked in here not being sure God exists. That's very possible. I want to speak to you for a moment. You know, we partook of the Lord's Supper, and we found out He died so we can live, and that's why Jesus gave us life. And here's what the Bible declares, whoever calls on His name, He'll save them. Isn't that cool? He says, whoever believes, I'll save them. And if you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, I can't remember a day in my life when I made it, made it real. You say, I want to make it real today. I want to pray with you. And understand, here's what I'm not asking you. Know, I'm not asking you to join our church, which is a good thing, but I'm not asking you to do that. That's not what this moment's about. Um, I'm not asking you if you're a member of another Christian church. I'm not asking you if you grew up in church. I'm not asking you if you're water baptized as a baby or an adult. All good things. Here's what I'm asking. Can you remember a moment in your life when you prayed and you said, Jesus, I see you as the Savior, and I personally make a decision to follow you today? If you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, I can't remember that moment, but I'm ready today, would you pray with me right now? Everyone else in the room, would you help him pray? Just simply say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner. I repent for all my sins. And this day, I make a decision to follow Jesus. Jesus, I believe, and I'm going to follow you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.